Well, um, we're in First uh, Corinthians chapter one still. Been a long, long chapter for us, and um, <clears throat> I want to look at this section this morning. That um, I'm going to read verses 20 through 25. I, I said a couple weeks ago, I think that. Um, this, like from the second half of chapter 1 all the way through the end of chapter 2 is really Paul talking about the the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of man, what the wisdom of man is, what the wisdom of God is, how the limitations of uh, the incredible limitation of man's understanding or wisdom, what spiritual wisdom, the whole thing is about like spiritual wisdom and understanding really. And his point is to describe the in, incredible gulf between the two and, and the fact that they're of a total different nature and and kind and all that. Well, we'll get into all that, but it, it, we're, so we're, we're talking about that. And this is just the kind of the next paragraph here in dealing with man's, man's supposed wisdom and, and God's wisdom. So... I'm going to read these verses, starting in verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached, which is literally there, the foolishness of preaching, to save those who believed. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Alright, well there's a lot here, and um, that we could... We could uh, talk about for a long time, and I don't know. We'll see how how quickly I go through it. Um, we've been talking about the the cross as power the last several last couple weeks. I don't remember two three weeks. We've been talking about the cross and and how how it is both the the power it is in it God manifested Himself His judgment His righteousness in in the actual event of the cross. But that that how that cross in the light in the light that shines in the heart in the clinging to that light that cross actually works inside the soul. It actually does the same thing inside you that it did to Christ on the cross. In other words, it puts away the first. It judges, condemns, cuts, removes kills a, a one seed, holds it down, keeps it down, and brings up another seed and and, and raises up in you uh, the, the life that's given to you as a mustard seed, but the life that's, that's given, the life that is Christ. And so we've been kind of talking about that and, um, and about that division and that division in my, that division, the division that the cross is is um, 
I think I think you can say that it's the foundation for all understanding. It's the foundation for all wisdom. It is the well. He just says it right here. It's the wisdom of God. You don't really understand anything. You can't understand anything spiritual without seeing that division. Because until you see that division, your understanding is on the wrong side of it. You know what I mean? You 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 think you see man doesn't understand spiritual understanding. I mean. Because man's understanding is is the very thing that's the problem. It's the very thing that spiritual understanding has to put away, has to deal with. And, and so, what I, well, I guess what I'm saying is, when we don't see that division or experience that, or experience the light of Christ in the heart, showing the difference between all that is of Christ and all that is of man, if we don't see everyone everyone gives lip service to the fact that Christ is greater, Christ is better, Christ is, you know, whatever than man. But until you see that he's not just greater, he's of a totally different nature, that his his light isn't just brighter, he, his light it makes your light shown to be darkness. Until you see that, then then all of your Christianity is held, or your religion, whatever it is, is held below. It's held in... In the man, in in the strengths of the man, that the cross doesn't even let through the door, and and that and that's a strong thing to say. And yet the cross is a strong, it's an incredibly strong thing. And so we hold, we inevitably assume, without light, without the light of Christ working in our heart, we assume that the so-called strengths of the wrong man are the things that God desires and the way that we know Him. And that's that's what we assume about uh, wisdom. That's what we assume about everything about man. We, th- we think that we have something that God wants. We think that we can... that, that God wants to, to maybe refine, change, prune the, the natural strengths that we have and use them to serve Him. And what Paul's trying to say here in this whole chapter or two is no way. That's basically what he says. And are you? He says, "Are you kidding me? The wisdom of man is foolish." I mean, the, 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 there are two totally different kinds of understanding with two different natures and two different sources that see two different things in two different lights. They're not. They're not compatible, and 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 there's no way to avoid there's no way to avoid that misunderstanding because if you haven't seen a contrast, light shows you a contrast. Light, if you've only known the goodness of flesh, then you're going to think God wants that goodness. If you've only seen the love that exists in the fallen heart of man, then you're going to think that God wants that love. If you've only seen the wisdom that is from below, then you're going to think that God wants to train that wisdom, teach that wisdom, cause that wisdom to learn things and memorize things, and then you're going to have knowledge. You're going to think that. You can't help but think that. That's the only thing you you have. That's the only frame of reference you have. Friends, most of what is called Christianity is from below because we haven't seen a life that comes from above. We haven't seen or experienced that 
everything of Christianity is Christ, given to the soul, working in the soul by grace. You see, Christianity isn't something you do. It's something that's given to you in the form of a seed. It comes out from the sower. It, it, it comes into you, and you can call it yours in the sense that it's living in you, and, and it's your, it becomes your experience. It becomes your treasure. It becomes the only thing you love and care about. That, in that sense, it's yours. But it doesn't have you as its source or its substance. For Pete's sake, that's the whole, that's the whole reason Christ came. Is, is because you didn't have that. Because your righteousness was filthy rags. Because in the flesh dwells no good thing. Because every thought of the, of the imaginations of man was only evil all the time. Because you didn't have. Because in that fallen man is, is, this, is this dark, dirty seed of Satan that reigns and rules. And... And, and what I'm trying to say is that if Christianity is, is in that man, governed by that light, which is darkness, offering those strengths, which are weaknesses, trying to love with that love, which is lust, then, then, then we're, in a, we're in real bad shape. <laughs> That's not, I don't know, it's not a very good way to say it, but we're, we're in... And, and I know, I know that... I know that there's precious souls that spend their lives, and I, I grieve about this. I promise I do. I, I know that there's precious souls that spend their life in the strength of their own life trying to refine those things and serve God with them. But that doesn't, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't change what it is. Most of Christianity uh, is from below because we haven't seen the life that comes from above. That's what God offers you. He offers you not a different way to live. He offers you a different life to live. He doesn't. He 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 gives you what you don't have so that it can, so that that can be filling you and forming itself in you. And and so where where that isn't happening in our hearts, then then. Man at his best, in his cleanest moment, is a shadow. I mean, the, the good of man is a shadow at best. I, I think there are some good shadows in man. There's there's shadows in in relationships and shadows and in, and in, in things that man does. The love of a parent for a child, in, in some ways, I think there's touches a shadow of God's love in, in some ways. And yet, there's also so much flesh and and pride and things mixed in there it's it's hard sometimes it's hard to even see the shadow but true true christianity every aspect of it i'm gonna i'm trying to talk about wisdom here but but every aspect everything that's good comes down from the father of lights every good and perfect thing doesn't come up from below it comes down it comes that's what james says he says it comes down it has to come, and I, when I, when, you know, and down, when, I, when you think of down, don't think of location. It, down and up, above and below aren't really locations. They're, 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 they're two different sources or two different worlds or realms. They're not, it's not like God is, Jesus is really like up there somewhere. He, he's, he's definitely real, but above and below are two 
two different men, two different worlds, two different realms, two different lives. And, and, and everything that's good has to come from him who is good. Remember that guy that walked up to Jesus and said, good teacher, and Jesus said, wait a second. If you don't know me to be God, don't be calling me good. Because there's only one thing that's good. And it's not anything that you've seen here, and it's not the understanding of me that you have working in your mind either. That's not good. Well, Christianity is like, it's like receiving a seed into a hungry heart that works in your soul like a, like a totally foreign thing. It works in your soul. What's it like? Well, you know, it's a little bit like leaven that fills up three lumps of dough. It's a little bit like a mustard seed that starts in a garden filled, that's a garden that's already teeming with foreign life, another kind of life. It, it, it's a little bit like a pearl that's buried in a field and you don't even you can't even find it at first you know it it, it it comes into you and and it's the what the the purpose of the soul is to bring forth an increase of the gift the increase of what was sown some 30 some 60 some 100 but it, you're not supposed to just put it in your pocket wrap it in a napkin you're not supposed to just bury it in the earth and then give it back to the master when he comes asking for it you're supposed to have it's given to you for an increase it's and and it works in the soul as the increase of its own nature as the increase of its own life and and it all and, and it's increase it works there the increase of the gift is always the putting down it's always the decrease of the man who would exalt himself in place of the gift the increase of Christ it doesn't it it's, it's doesn't let that man have something that he contributes the man is the is the land in which God is sowing his harvest man is the is the field that that brings forth the growth that comes from God. Man is the 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 vessel, the soul, the living vessel in which God sows seeds of light and righteousness in the form of Christ. Christ in you, the expectation of glory. And man participates in that in a wonder. I mean, man experiences. Man is the glad recipient of it. Someone wrote me. Uh, an email this week saying, hey, does God love me or does God love Jesus? And my answer to that is that the love of God for you is Jesus. God gave, what more could God do in his great love than give you the the greatest thing that he has, which is his own son to be your life and to be your light and righteousness and truth and love and wisdom. Does God love you? Absolutely God loves you. And the way he does it is by giving you a life that puts to death everything that isn't Christ. Well, Christianity is from above. And, 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 it, and it comes to be your everything. It comes to be everything you could ever want and love and need and yet it's not from you it doesn't have you as its source it's not your response to god's initiative it's not you accepting some status of being saved and then running around and doing a bunch of stuff 
it might it will cause you to do things but because the because the love of Christ compels you because the life of Christ constrains you because it is not I but the father doing his works within it's because it's not I but Christ it's because as Paul says the bowels of Jesus I, I long for you with the very bowels of Jesus Christ is is what it really says in the Greek I long for you with his his longing and his life and so true I mean everything every pick pick a thing what is faith where does faith come from do you think you're the author and finisher of faith I have a verse for you if you do that will tell you that Christ is the author and finisher of faith man is the author and finisher of beliefs and doctrines and creeds and vision statements and all that nonsense that comes out from his own imagination and, and his own desire to be spiritual. God, however, Christ is the author and finisher of faith. He, he sows it in. He gives you his own faith, the faith of the Son of God. The faith that sees. The faith that sees. Like Moses, he saw, he endured as seeing him who was unseen. All of the, everyone in Romans, or Hebrews chapter 11 that had faith and was commended by faith and became a testimony by faith, receive their faith from the one who sows faith in the heart faith is given and it and, and faith works in you power which is grace grace you're saved by faith through or by by grace through faith or you could say it both ways i think you're you're saved i was seeing that this week really just clearly that to say that you're saved by grace through faith is to say that you're saved by power through light Light sees and accesses the power of God. Faith sees and accesses the grace of God. It's the same thing. But anyway, faith comes. Faith is is given and and it works in your soul like a light. Like a like a light that can see Christ and all that is true in him. Righteousness. What is that? Is that something you do? Well, no. We know better than that, right? We say no, Christ is righteousness. Well, then what, then, then what are we doing? You know, uh, righteousness, Christ has made unto us righteousness. We read the verses. It's, what is righteousness? It's a foreign nature that grows in your soul like a king, like David, killing things in the land and, and filling it up with his own, with, this, with, with a, the heart of God, the man who represented the heart of God. What is worship? Well, it comes down before it goes up. I'll tell you that. If worship better come down and, and, and fill your heart before you offer something up to God. Because if you offer something up to God that isn't, isn't the increase of what he's put in you, then I'll tell you what it is. You don't, I don't have to tell you. Just go read Leviticus. Anything that man offered up to God that wasn't the thing that God gave to man to offer up to him, was absolute, that wasn't just rejected. It was abominable. It was demonic, he says. You better not have your own ideas about worship. Worship better grow in you before it comes out of you. Because true worship is the offering up of the increase of Christ. There's a, there's a story, I was just reading it yesterday. There's a neat story in, in Judges. And I don't understand a lot of Judges, the book of Judges, just so you know. It's kind of a mystery to me, the most, most of that book still. But there's this one story where the, the angel of God appears. Remember that? And he, it's to uh, Samson's father, actually. Samson, yeah. And uh, Manoah, I think is his name. 
and he says, can I offer a bird sacrifice? And he said he didn't know it was the angel of the Lord. And so he, he offers, he makes the, this burnt sacrifice and he puts it on this rock and he lights it on fire. And then the angel of the Lord goes up, ascends in the fire from the altar to the Lord. What's that? That's worship. It's Christ rising back up to his father through your soul. And it, but it comes down first. Comes down first. <clears throat> well, wisdom. I'm saying all that because Paul is saying that with the wisdom of man, you can't know God. If we could just believe that, we don't believe it. We don't, we don't understand it, I guess, is why we don't believe it. But we don't believe it. Or, or we wouldn't have thousands of institutions of higher learning trying to teach God to souls. You can't learn God from a book, from a series of books, you can't. You, you can't learn God from learning Greek. What is it? Listen, we, we, we have these institutions of higher learning and they teach Greek and they teach Hebrew. But what, is, what does Paul say right here? The, 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 Greeks, the Greeks who spoke Greek and who received Paul's letters in Greek, who wrote the Greek and who understood all the nuances of the Greek, it was foolishness. What are we doing? I mean... I think there might be a place for it. I, I, I took Greek, okay? I, I studied Greek for a while, I, I, not understanding these things. And, and there's, a, there's a place for good translations, and I appreciate all that. I really do. But do, do, but do you think, I mean, we study Greek and Hebrew. But, the, the, but the, Jesus spoke Hebrew. The apostles spoke Hebrew, most of them. And they, 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 and what the, but Christ was a stumbling block to the ones who spoke Hebrew and foolishness to the ones who spoke Greek. And that's what we teach. And not just that, we teach systematic theology and survey of the minor prophets. And, 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 and friends, I listen, there might be some place where that has some validity in someone's heart that's really seeking the Lord, maybe. But I'm telling you what Paul's telling you is that wisdom comes down like a beam of lightning into the soul of man. You know what? Listen, this is what Paul says. I mean, Paul. Paul isn't even alive. This is what Solomon says. A very wise man before he became a very foolish man. But he says this. He says, my son, if you, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, and so incline your heart to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, if you cry out for discernment, if you lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and you'll find the knowledge of God. For from the Lord come wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And then wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Wisdom is the mind of God. It's a foreign thing. It's, it's, an, it's an understanding that puts all false wisdom to death at the cross. And it call, you know what it calls it? It calls it earthly, sensual, and demonic. That's what true wisdom does to man's wisdom. It doesn't just say, oops, a little bit off there. You know, it needs to be refined. It needs to be, learn a few more original languages. It needs to be adjusted. And then maybe once you get the certificate, then you can say that you're a minister or something. That's not what, no. The wisdom that comes from God looks at the wisdom from below and it says, earthly, 
sensual and demonic. Where did I get that? I got that from the Bible. It's, it says that. Well, first of all, look at James, first of all, says, um, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every good and perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights. I love that. The Father of lights. He's the Father of all lights, all real lights that shine in the human heart. He's the one that shines it. He's the one that is light. And then, a little bit later, he says, The wisdom that does not descend from above is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And it goes on. Man does not know that wisdom. What man does is he compares words with words, feelings with feelings, actions with actions. We judge without knowledge. We judge without knowing two different things. We judge, we judge without understanding the difference between two things that are not similar. And we, we don't, we compare words with words. That's what most of our wisdom is. It's, you know, if someone says something, you think about it, and then someone else says something, you know, that sounds a little more, you know, that. and then, and then we, we collect those, those conclusions and we, we call it wisdom. And yet we were not really even dividing between two things that differ. We're just, we're just collecting words. And, and you know what I mean? It's like, we, it's like an analogy I did a long time ago. You, you live in a, a world that's totally red. Everything's red. And, and then you read a, a book about, you read in a book about the color blue. And somebody says, hey, what, have you read this book? It says blue. And, 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 and you go, and, and then there's a smart, really experienced red guy who comes over and says, oh, yeah, you read the blue book? Well, let me, you know, and you say, yeah, what's that blue? What's blue? And then the guy says, I think it's, it's probably this thing over here that's a slightly different shade of red. And, and he says, oh, well, how do you know that's blue? Because it's just, it's a different, it's different. It's a slightly different red, you know. It's, I think that's what blue means. Well, how do you, how do you judge? How do you judge blue between blue and red if you're if you're still seeing all red if you're still seeing different shades and colors and stripes and patterns of red how do you even know that there's a diff- how do you know if you haven't seen blue how do you know that you've been reading a blue book and you're still seeing red you, you, I'll tell you how you know you know you know when blue appears then you just then you can't help but say Everything I've ever seen has been red. I haven't seen a single blue thing until now. That's, that's how you know. And then you can begin to have a little bit of wisdom, but the wisdom isn't the understanding of the red. It's the discerning between the red and the blue. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. The world through wisdom did not know God. 
The world through wisdom is still not knowing God. The world through wisdom with the Bible in its hand is still not knowing God. The world through its wisdom, reading God's words, using its own wisdom, using man's own wisdom, still cannot know God. And therefore it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save those who faith, who believe. That, that, that Greek word is faith. What is that saying? It's saying that the world in its wisdom did not know God. Why? Because man's wisdom, it's, just, it's, really, it's really simple. I mean, it, it, it isn't complicated. We just don't like it. We don't believe it. And so we ignore it. But it's really, it's not complicated. It's just this. Because man's wisdom is not the faculty by which God is known. Period. It just can't do it. It's like trying to hear light or trying to see a sound or it's, it's not the right faculty. It's not the means by which God has given man to know him. It's just not that. That's not what it is. And you can sit there and say, I'm going to keep listening until I hear light. And, and that's going to be a long wait. You can say, I'm going to sit here and sniff until I smell blue. You know, that's going to be a long wait. Because it's not the faculty that you have that does that thing. It's not, it doesn't have that capacity. The, the wisdom of, and someone says, someone said, I, I, I know the arguments. I, I lived the arguments. I am the argument. You know, I know, I understand what people say. I get, I get it. I know, people, what am I supposed to do? You know, I, you're supposed to grope like a little child for the light and life of Christ and receive through the foolishness of preaching the faith that comes in your heart like a little seed. And you're supposed to cherish it and turn towards it and learn the difference between the wisdom of man and the faith of the Son of God. That's what you're supposed to do. People have the hardest time with that, and I understand that. We have, we have the hardest time understanding this because our understanding is part of the problem. We think we lack information, but we lack light. We think we lack information, and so we spend our life looking for more information. And we look, we look in the, you know, have you read this book? Have you heard this guy? Have you been to this conference? And, and what we lack isn't information. What we lack is light that shines in the heart. We think it's a better book or a better thing that we, we haven't heard this. Have you heard this take on this thing? Have you heard this guy's... Whatever, and, and I know there's, there's good people to listen to, people that preach truth, people that say the truth, and, and that's, that has its place too. But not if your heart's not seeing light, then you might as well not listen to that person. Revelation is a one-way arrow. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's a one-way street. The knowledge of God. Remember what Jesus said. Just, just listen. These things are hidden from the wise and learned. They are revealed unto babes. No one knows the Father except the Son, and the one to whom God, or the, no one knows the Son except the Father, and vice versa, um, except the one to whom it's revealed. And the Spirit of God, He He's come. I'm going to send Him, and He He's going to teach you all things. He's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to take the things of God and things of me and make them known to you. He's going to show you the things that you have freely received. He's going to open the eyes of your heart. He's going to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the true knowledge of God so that you walk no longer in the vanity of your own mind. 
The vanity of the mind, like the Gentiles do, Paul says in Ephesians. They walk in the vanity of their own mind. What a foolish way to walk. They actually walk in their own mind. Do we? You can't find God with that mind. You can't find God in that wisdom. And that's, that, God loves that. Why do I say that? Because Jesus rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, Father, I praise you that you have hidden these things from the wise. Do you know that it says he rejoiced great before he said that? It says they all came to him after casting out demons and things. And he says, you know, don't rejoice that, you, that the demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And then he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. Whatever that, I don't know what that meant. I mean, he, I don't know if that meant he just like started smiling. I don't know what he was really happy. And, and he loved something. And what did he love? He loved... He loved the fact, he loved it, that God didn't let man's creepy long fingers reach up into the heavens through the Tower of Babel and pull down wisdom. But he was happy. He was ex- God was excited to give it to, to little babes, to those who would become as little children. Fear not, my little flock, Jesus says, for God has desired to give you the kingdom. God loves to give wisdom. Do we love to receive it or are we still walking in our own? Are we so full of our books and our knowledge and our understanding and our internet research and, you know, click a couple clicks and you know everything? Well, you can't find it with that mind. You can't, you know what, you, not only can you not, you can't, it's so out of, and I, I love this too. I hate it and I love it. I hate it because I want to hold on to it sometimes. I was about to say, I was about to say, you can't find it with your natural mind and you can't hold on to it with your natural mind. You can't do either. You, you either, you find it in his light when it shines in the heart of someone who's very small in their own eyes. And then, and then you hold on to it in that same light. And if you try to hold on to it with your natural mind, I'll bet you there's some people listening to me right now that know exactly what I'm talking about. That when you try to hold on to something you've seen in the light with your mind, and you go back to it with your mind the next day and try to remember what it was, you can't do it. It slides right through your, it's sand going through your fingers. You can't hold it with that mind. It's gone. You can only hold it in the light in which it came. And if you keep your heart low and small and tiny before the Lord, the light still shines and you can always hold it. And you never lose it. But when you try to grip that thing and put your little your little carnal fingers onto that with your natural mind and you try to remember it or you try to tell someone else about it and, and, and convince them of it using your natural mind, there it goes, where'd it go? I saw it. It was beautiful. It was right here in this verse. I saw it yesterday. It's gone today. Where'd it go? Yeah, you can't explain it using your mind. You can't hold it using your mind. And that and that thing that thing that you that you saw that was so amazing that changed everything. You you it where you can't. He won't even let you hold it yourself. You have to hold it in the light in which it came, and then then it's yours forever. If you can just walk in that light. And stay in that light, then you'll never lose it. Some of you have experienced this. I know you have. And 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 then you wonder you wonder where the light went one day. And the question really isn't where the light go; it's where'd your heart go. That's the problem. You see, that's why you lost it. 
you say, you know what? Like last year, I, I was seeing this stuff. It was rocking my world. It, it just, it was so real. And you know what? I just don't, it's, you know, where did it go? Where did the light go? The light's in the same place it always has been. It's in Christ. Where'd you go? Where'd your heart run out after? Did you try to hold on to it in your mind? Because man's wisdom can't hold it. Man's wisdom can't even see it. He won't let you corrupt it. Do you see it? He keeps it so pure. He keeps it pure and perfect in his son. And he invites everyone into the place where it's pure and perfect. But don't put your carnal mind on it. Because you'll lose it. Boom. It'll be gone that fast. It'll be gone. And, 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 and yet it's still totally available. But not to that mind. You got you know, you got to humble yourself like a little child. And then there it is again. There it is, just Yeah, just it's just there it is. So perfect, but you you have to be a a small nobody. You've got to be this very weak little thing. And then you have to stay that way. You have to stay where you can see it. Man's wisdom can't find God. And Jesus rejoiced greatly in the spirit because of that. And, and, and it's hidden from the wise and the learned. Not because God's trying to make it hard, but because God's trying to make it easy. You don't have to study all those books. You don't have to know all that stuff. You don't have to understand Greek. You just have to have a heart that's like a child. That's the hard thing. Learning Greek is easy. I mean, it's a, it, for, for, for the carnal, proud mind of man it is. But, but throwing away all your knowledge, calling it all nothing, becoming a, a teacher, becoming a student, a, a wise man, becoming a fool, an old man, becoming a child. Now, that's, that's, nothing. That's, that's, that's what man won't do. And it's not because it's really hard. It's because, because you, ha- you have to be nothing. You have to, be, you have to let go of everything. And then you can receive everything. Yeah, you become nothing to see everything. And then, and then it starts to appear. Who? That's that's what happened with me. So you know, you want to say someone, what ha- what happened? You didn't you, know, you didn't used to preach this stuff. You didn't used to see this. Stuff. I know. I, I tell you, I didn't. I know. I preached lies. I, I preached imaginations. What happened to you? Well, this is what happened to me. I I. In, 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 a, in a moment of, of lucidity, I saw that I knew nothing. That everything that I thought I knew was just words. Words that I could barely even believe on a good day. That's what happened to me. And, and, and I, I brought that nothingness to the Lord and a little light appeared. And that light, has, if I can keep my heart low in that place, that light has grown. And it keeps growing. And, and I keep shrinking. You grow smaller and he grows bigger. But you start to grow and you'll lose him. I mean, you won't be able to see him. And so that's what God did. That's what it says here. For since in the wisdom of God... The world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of preaching. It, it pleased, pleased God through the foolishness of, of words, of people speaking about, testifying, describing, throwing seeds. It pleased God through this, this sower just going out and throwing seeds. 
You know, most of those people, they didn't want that seed. Jesus was the sower. He still is the sower. He's still throwing, throwing seeds. And the seed is his own life. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's his own perfection. It's his own perfect gift. Perfect, finished, incredible new creation. It's thrown out in a little seed. It's thrown out and... and uh, and, and and through you, you don't just naturally receive that seed. You, it bounces off almost everybody, and then there's a few people it goes in and, and then it gets choked out, and then a few others it dries up, and then and then there's there's even fewer that actually cherish that seed. But it pleased God to save those who faith. And I I, I like I, it's it's not. I mean I. I it says believe, and I know that's the way it's translated from Greek into English here, but that word is is the same word that's in other places, faith. It's just, here it's a verb and they change it to believe, but believe is, it's all one word in, in the original, to save those who come to faith. Save those who are faithing. And, and God does that. That's what God does. He sows... Yikes, I'm running out of time. He sows that seed of light and life and wisdom and righteousness into the the, the soul. He, 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 he puts that seed in, in, a, in a heart. And then he says to that heart, Paul or whoever you, whatever, go describe that. And, and the Lord, and Paul says, describe it. I, I had to become blind to see it. You know, Paul. That's what happened to Paul. I, I, when I saw it in true light, I lost the view of it. In I lost everything I'd ever learned. How do I describe it? Yeah, so the guys on the road to Emmaus, they had to. As soon as they saw it, they couldn't see it. You know, as soon as they, as soon as they saw him with their heart, they couldn't see him anymore with their eyes. And then how do you describe it? You know, there's nothing. Yeah, well, you use the foolishness of preaching. Just, just all you do is you go, you go testify, and the Spirit of God does the work. He's the actual sower. You just go and you describe it. It's not about fine language. It's not about wise presentations. We just read last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Paul's like Paul was afraid that he, he, I'm not giving this to you in wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of no effect. It's not persuasive arguments. It's not Aristotle's logic, you know, because that's in you got you guys know the whole Greek. I mean, they, they were it was the Roman Empire at that time, but they were all speaking Greek and teaching Greek and and uh, using Greek uh, Greek uh, philosophy was well, that's what the whole you know Alexander the Great conquered the world before the Roman Empire and and with, with wisdom with man's wisdom he. He he was a student of Aristotle, personal student, and, and he, man, that's what he set up. He set up, I mean, among a bunch of other heathen gross things, but he, he set up man's wisdom everywhere. That's what they taught. That's what they learned. That's what they studied. Greek, you know, Greeks, and that's what they went. I and mean, Paul goes to Athens, and all they did is sit around talking about who's got a new idea, you know, that we can discuss and philosophize over, you know, and, 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 the Greeks look for that wisdom, and, and Paul says, it's a seed sown into the heart that's received by people who are small in their own eyes. And they're like, okay, who's next? You know, who else has got something interesting to say? This guy's a real downer. 
and the Jews, well, they look for a sign. Show me another miracle. And Jesus says, I'll tell you what, I'll show you the sign of Jonah. As, the, as, the, as Jonah was three days and three nights and then was barfed out on, onto the land and then preached to a whole people that uh, the Gentiles received it and the Jews rejected it. That's what I'll do to you. I'm going to be three days and three nights and the Jews reject it and the Gentiles receive it. And I'm going to be barfed out of the center of the earth because death can't hold me. And I'll show you that sign. How about that? Now that's a stumbling block. That's not the kind of sign we were looking for. Well, it's not Aristotle and, and, and it's not magic. It, it's a seed sown into the world and, and it's sown and, it, and it's received by soft soil. It's received. Blessed are those who mourn. They might find it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They won't miss it. Blessed are the meek. Because they're the ones that are looking for it. They, they, blessed are the ones that, that are, you know, blessed are you that mourn now. Because the ones that are laughing are probably too busy laughing to find it. Blessed are you, you know, who have nothing now. Because if you're rich, it's going to be kind of like a camel going through the eye of a needle. You got a lot of, you have your reward in full. You know, it, blessed are the ones who are looking for something and realize they have nothing. Because those are the ones that aren't going to miss it. That's what... That's what it's all about. Why are there no more wise? Here's what he says. Where's the wise? Where's the disputer? Where's the scribes? Well, obviously they still exist in Adam. They still exist in the flesh. They're all over the place. But to Paul, they're gone. Why are they all gone? He's not just saying that God is smarter. It's because God has gathered up that whole kind of wisdom, the whole source of it, the whole nature of it, the whole man of it. And, and, And... and and just blown it just put blown it away like it was dust on a table and just put down his son and said there's the wisdom of god right there just blew it away you know shown all of man's wisdom to be like to be totally helpless to find God, to know God, or to be saved by God, to, to come to Him. It's it's not the right, you know, someone says, yeah, it's like looking for your car keys in the garage when there's no light on. No, it's it's worse than that. It's like looking for your car keys in the garage when your car keys are at the bottom of the ocean. You're not even in the right place looking, and you don't even have a car. You don't even know what a car, I mean, it, it's so much worse than what you think. It's not like you, you lack light, or like you just lack enough you're you're looking in the wrong place with the wrong tool and 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 wisdom of of language and wisdom of philosophy and wisdom of 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 books 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 and more books you know what are your top 10 christian books of this year who cares do you know the living word you know i know you know words do you know the living word of God that implants himself, the implanted word that James talks about, that actually spreads through the soul, overspreads the, the soul, killing every seed that was there before and, and forming itself? Do you know that word? That's what Paul was talking about. God, God just did something through Christ that, that, that showed all of man's wisdom to be nothing. It, it and and blew it away like it's dead grass and 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 he set down this perfect thing and he set it down in in front of the entire world and he said look at this 
this is wisdom. And the Jews say, no, that's a stumbling block. The Jews that, that knew the scriptures, that knew the, that spoke Hebrew and knew the scriptures, they said, no, no, that's not what we're looking for. The Greeks say, you know what? That's foolishness. And God says, that's the wisest thing the world has ever seen. Right there. In what? Christ crucified. What is, what, what are you saying is there, God? Uh, uh, you want to know what's there? The love of God is right there. The grace of God is there. The wisdom of God is there. The truth of God is there. The righteousness of God is there. The kindness of God is there. The justice of God is there. It's all right there. In this one thing. And man, man, even people that say it's the wisdom of God just usually study it with words and debate it with words and write about it and read about it and talk about it. Anything except for letting that be the only life that is in you, the only wisdom that you know, the only light by which you see, the only righteousness that you claim to have. Anything but that. Jews say this is against scriptures. This is against our traditions. This is against our expectations for the Messiah. The Greeks say there's nothing wise about it. It doesn't add up. It's not logical. It's not impressive. God says... It puts all of your silly little opinions to death. It's foolishness to you, and yet it's wiser. The foolishness of it is wiser than men. The weakness of it is stronger than men. That's what God says. It says... He's, it says he rolls all of, he rolls up into a little ball everything that you thought was wise and great and all of your expectations and f- all of the centuries of philosophy and and man's wisdom and Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and and signs and all the testimonies that even God did in the natural te- realm that the Jews had misunderstood and misapplied to their own righteousness he takes the whole thing he wraps it all up and flicks it away like a dirty speck and says look at my son and look at the cross because the cross is both the judgment of the flesh and the exaltation of his life that's God's wisdom that's it right there and it's received in the in the heart that is small in its own eyes it's received in the heart that thinks that it's that knows that it is small and desperate and hungry and mourning and meek and in need. And that's where it grows. So I'll stop with that.